Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass. I'm your host, Sam, from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. And I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Yes, you are. Uh, each week we get together, we talk about cars, motorsport, F1... Car, what else? Cars? Cars? We cars, cars, cars. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on youtube.com forward slash behind the glass. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. And Tony, if people want to support this podcast, what should they do? Watch it. No. <laughs> <laughs> but also head to Patreon. You can support us on patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Before Tony gets here, I want to quickly talk to you about this week's sponsor, Latham Steel Doors. Huge thanks to them for supporting the podcast. I think security is pretty important for most of us, but especially those of us who've got cars and garages or units like STGHQ. And Latham Steel Doors hold the largest number of security steel doors in stock, ready for nationwide dispatch from their Midlands warehouse. Latham's allow you to customise your door from choosing colours to glazing to adding additional hardware to their already impressive 19-point locking system. One of the latest residential doors to be added to their collection is the security garage side door and frame from just a few hundred pounds it allows us to keep our cars safe and secure in addition to sponsoring this podcast latham's are already supporting other people within the automotive industry they actually just installed a secure by design door for mike brewer from wheeler dealers fame now that garage side door that i mentioned includes an industry leading 19 point locking system 19 point as standard uh, the door leaf and frame are made from galvanized steel and there are two horizontal and one vertical reinforced bars inside the door leaf for extra protection from attack head over to lathamsteeldoors.co.uk where you'll find the full range of doors and accessories and an extensive help center with advice and installation videos and they even have a door size calculator to help make sure you get everything you need for your door and opening for those of you that are concerned that maybe a steel door is a bit too industrial looking for your home i think you'll be surprised so please do head over to their website and check them out because if enough of you do then hopefully I can beg and plead for them to install one of their doors on STGHQ but that's enough for now onwards with the episode don't know where to start today oh it's warm at least well it's warmer you've you've zipped down your jacket which well hello hello (laughs) female viewers (laughs) two of you two of you um but apart from that apart from the fact that the weather has got slightly better there's not a lot else going on, is there? Not really, I no. can't really launch into... There's loads to talk about, because unfortunately the world has yeah, sort of descended or rescinded into chaos. <laughs> um, and yeah, not a lot's happening in the automotive world, but... No. We're going to try our best to find some stuff to talk about. So it took a downturn for the worst. <laughs> Anything happened in your week? That no. You, nope. <laughs> <laughs> not much in my week either. No. Apart from the fact I've been spending some time with the Audi RS Q8. Oh, how are you getting on with that? Very well. So video coming soon to the main channel. Uh, I'm not going to share too much about my thoughts because obviously that's the purpose of the main video. But yeah, so this is essentially a Urus in an Audi body. And I say that because the Euros came out first. You could say that the Euros is an RSQ8. <laughs> um, but I think we all saw an RSQ8 coming. Why aren't they making an RSQ7? Sorry? An RSQ7? <laughs> are you, are you well? No, but you know what I mean. Why the sports coupe version only? So, oh, okay. Fine. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean now. Maybe they will. They won't. Why not? Because, like... Coupe means sports. I mean, that Q7's like 
four and a half million ton. Like, can I you think imagine? the Q8 is as well, if I'm honest. Is it really? Oh my God, it's, it's a big car. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about big cars last week with your Defender, but this this is a big, big car. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I do get it. I understand. Yeah, of course, the sort of sports coupe lines play into being an RS model a bit better and alongside the Euros, it's got that kind of shape. But but I'm also a bit like, well, then you lose a bit of the practicality with these sports coupes because the boots aren't as big as I the proper... I think that the RS Q8, if you buy a Larry one with the Larry wheels, I think it probably looks better than the Eurus as well. <gasps> I no? I, no, I would agree. Uh, yeah. I would agree, because the the Eurus is a bit like, mm. you know, it's very Lambo. Yeah, yeah, But it's yeah. a bit like a, an eyesore. You don't miss a Eurus when there's one on the road. Yeah. Q8's got proper stance, but quite pretty. When it turned up here uh, at the studio, everyone was like, wow. And a bit more subtle as well. Exactly that. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna. We'll talk about it more, I guess, next week. But no, it's been really, really interesting. I really enjoyed it. I'm a big fan at the minute of Audi. I think they're coming on strong. I kind of went off them for a few years, but I feel like they're coming back with some good stuff. RS6, new R6, RS7, I think it's great. Have you checked out a new A3 or S3 yet? Uh a3, yes, not S3. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's all very... Nice, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we talk about this, or we have talked about this before, that those German manufacturers do go through sort of peaks and troughs, don't they? They do, yeah. And 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 whilst BMW were doing really well a few years ago, then Merck came along, and I feel like Audi are now back to the... They all have personally. their switch round, yeah. They yeah. definitely do have their, they do have their time. However, one thing which I didn't enjoy, which really isn't Audi's fault, or, or only Audi that are making this error... Touch screens. I oh. mean, that that is, unfortunately, mate, that is modern cars in general now. I mean, what is, I mean, why? I mean, <laughs> I, <laughs> what do you mean, why? I am so over <laughs> touch screens in cars. So the Q8 has one big screen where you would expect to find it, and then a sort of smaller, but in no way small, screen below it. So Everything that you want to do, air conditioning, navigation, telephone, radio, everything is touching with haptic feedback. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you just give us a button? Honestly, <laughs> it is more dangerous, this touchscreen technology, because with buttons, you can feel your way around. You know, you can, when you're driving, you can focus on the road and you can just feel with your hand the buttons that you need to do or the knobs that you need to turn. With a touch screen, you can't do so. I'm endlessly looking at this stupid screen. Sometimes it's reflecting, then it gets dirty with my fingerprints and then it doesn't work and I'm hitting the wrong button. It took me about half an hour to change driving modes in that RSQ8. There was a way around it. What's that? Pull over. Well, I can't do that when I'm doing 60 miles an hour on the motorway. All right, well... You shouldn't be doing 60 anyway, because that's curb crawling. Well, you maybe there do- was traffic. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 but, but set everything before you go. Or put the air con to auto. What if I... Yeah, I, I okay, stop being the <laughs> PC brigade or whatever you're doing. Because it's really annoying. <laughs> Agree with me for a second. Because your Defender has the same many, many touch screens. No. No? It's got one. The rest, the rest, the buttons. Is there not a smaller one down below? No, it's buttons. Ah, okay, because the Evoke, uh, like a lot of the Land Rover products do All of have, them. Okay, but the Defender only has one uh, yeah. touch screen. And okay, well, it's better. it's got two toggles for the heating that you want. There we go. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And Mercedes just unlaunched this week as a sort of thing to be celebrated, apparently, or maybe it was the end of last week, that their new e-car, e-someone, I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah, EQ. Thank you. It's going to have a cinematic touchscreen experience. Yeah, yeah, that's... No, don't no, do it. No, I agree. There's, there does need to be... Listen, the reason why I think they've done it in the first place was to clean everything up. Because, you know, that we went for... Especially Porsche went for a stage where you'd have that tunnel, wouldn't you? Especially in the McCann's oh and the God. KN's. With 70,000 buttons. Correct. And they've obviously... Land Rover, I think, were one of the first to tidy it all up because they had lots of buttons as well. It does make it... It doesn't look a lot tidier, but... Is it more user friendly? No, and I think as well it was an it was the automotive industry going like we want to attract the cool young kids, mm. maybe from Asia who like tech. You know, it was this kind of thing of like iPhones are in, so let's copy that. That's where they've got it from. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's where they've got it from. But none of that technology seems to live up to the other sort of touchscreens or or technology. Twiggy, are you having a little panic attack down there? Having a flat. Okay, let's let's let Twiggy out of the cage because she's she's being a nightmare. Just put her um, in. I just put her in, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna let her out again because she's clearly not happy. And, uh, clearly, I'm whipped by my puppy because I'm like, oh, you don't want to be in the cage? Please come out. 
<laughs> Wait till you have children, mate. Bless you a lot. She doesn't really like winter, I'm learning. <laughs> Not that my dog's Not spoiled. Not anyone. <laughs> so she likes to cuddle. Uh, oh. yeah. <laughs> so she's hopefully going to be happiest on my lap there you go Twiggy you haven't been on the podcast for a few weeks so you're back um, but yes yeah, so uh, the, I mean I spoke about it as well when I drove the Roma which obviously the entire steering wheel is now touch screen yeah. um, and none of it lives up to the other technology that we have in our lives iPhones or, or touch screen computers but also it dates so incredibly quickly like all technology in our lives and that's the problem with I think a lot of these new interiors and even that RSQ8 which I'd say the Interior design is amazing. I love what Addy do that. But the touchscreen technology, I reckon in 12 months, even 12 months, is going to feel dated. But it's the problem with cars in general, mate. Like, they they get so outdated mm. so quickly. You know, the, the models change so quickly. And, and uh, it's not just the technology. It's just the fact that things move on so fast. Now, the last 10 years has been the biggest leap Ever. But the thing is, weirdly, I think buttons don't don't age. As in, you know, the the buttons in well oh, that's it. Okay, I was gonna say my three sixty button. I didn't want to give you an excuse to slag me off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do get a bit sticky. Um the McGann R26R that I had a few months ago. Yeah. Uh, there were certain elements in that car, which I'm sure Renault Press team weren't happy about me saying, which felt like they could be from a modern car, you know, because you can't necessarily date or age a button no but this tech for example when i jumped into the clk 63 black series you just laugh because the technology seems so ancient mm. and that's what i worry about this move towards all touchscreens firstly when it breaks you you can't do anything no because you can't control anything yeah and secondly i do think from a used car point of view we're going to sort of laugh in five years time when we get some of these cars and be like what what is going on in yeah here? and that that's the that's the problem with modern cars now that when they do go wrong, the all these everything, everything. I mean, it's it nearly impossible to fix. And as well, like the amount of ECUs and electrics and wires in modern cars. I mean, it's mind blowing. I mean, it's miles of wires, mate. Ma- in, in literally, yeah, 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 absolutely. And actually, I was speaking to a company that were doing uh, doing some resto mod work um, again for a main channel video, which will be coming soon. Uh, and that even a car from nineteen ninety seven. They show me the wiring loom. I couldn't believe it. I was like, how do they get all that in the car? Yeah. It's just nuts. And yeah. so, you know, take that however many years forward. Yeah, I, I would hate to think in that I was curate how much wiring is in yeah. there. Yeah, and ECUs. I mean, the, the computers that will be running that car. There'll be, be I, I bet there's more than 50 ECUs in that car. Well, anyway, my thoughts coming on the car, aside from the uh, touchscreen technology, uh, yeah, coming soon to the main channel, so stay tuned for that. Uh, now, there has been a little bit of car news. I said there's been nothing to talk about, but there has been a little bit. I've made some notes down here, but a tiny couple of things that we can talk Good. about before we get into our main topic for today. Um, so, firstly, speaking of all things electric, Norway have become the first country in the world to sell more EVs than internal combustion-engined cars within a year. How many people live in Norway? I don't what? know. <laughs> no, not four. <laughs> You're such a <laughs> douchebag. No, so I know why this is. Because <laughs> Norway have been on the EV chat for a while. They have, yeah. And Switzerland as well. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so there was that. a lot, even when I went a couple of years ago, mm. there was lots of EV cars. Oh, okay. E-trons. E-trons are big in Switzerland. Correct. Um, why am I only talking about Audi these days? <laughs> they don't pay me, I promise. I want them to, but they don't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yet. Um, so... Norway offer these, I'm pretty sure, correct me wrong, because there will be some Norwegian listeners, insane tax benefits or discounts, because obviously they have huge import taxes. Like an Aventador, a used Aventador in Norway is like 750,000 euros. Is it? Yeah, yeah. So they have insane, insanely high taxes. Whilst you actually, I think, get incentives or discounts to buy things like Teslas. And I remember a few years ago when we did the Team Galag Snow Tour, and it was actually JWW who explained this to me, because we were driving around and we were in the middle of nowhere and there were Tesla superchargers. And I was like what? And he was like, yeah, yeah, you're like really incentivized to buy electric here. So it's not just that the country wants to go EV. I mean, Bravo, if they do, they've, they're miles ahead of us with the infrastructure. As yeah, I yeah. said, random Tesla charges in the middle of nowhere, but also massively incentivized to go out and buy of EVs. Course. I mean, in this country, you're incent- incentivized. Um, if you have a business, the, the whole value of the car can be written off on your tax. So, you know, 
apart from them giving you money, I mean, how, how much more incentivized can you get? Good point. But I guess this is from a individual as well as business point of view. Um, Probably the difference between them and us as well, like you just said, is infrastructure. Yeah, massively. Yeah. Massively. And uh, anyone who wants to sort of, you know, look further into this or, or follow up from some of the comments we make, please go and follow uh, Harry's Garage, Harry Metcalf on Twitter. He does some very interesting tweets or, or shares some tweets from the National Grid, which talk about the usage, electricity usage and how it's being generated in the UK, where we're reaching peak levels, where we're, you know, where that's being sourced. It's just really fascinating. And the fact that we're supposedly supposed to be all going electric in nine years time. Good, good luck with that. Yeah. I mean, you just yeah, look yeah. at it and go, nope. Uh, so yeah, worth checking that, uh, checking out and into, but c- congrats Norway, because you're doing stuff to save our planet from yeah. that point of view. So we, we approve All there. five of you. Theoretically, yeah. <laughs> um, now, uh, in other news, uh, Formula One related news, this will bore you so we won't talk about it too long. Um, Williams have decided to sort of basically buy in a lot of parts from Mercedes from 2022 moving forward. So I think it's Gearbox and a few other little bits and bobs components, uh, which is a huge bit of news for sort of Williams fans because they have forever been the independent and and been so proud to be independent and refused a helping hand, which you could argue has done them some wrong. Of course. Uh, in the last 15, 20 years. Uh, and now the Williams family have stepped away. Uh, the new owners immediately have gone, well, that was crap. Let's just buy in parts, i.e. a la Racing Point or now Aston Martin. So fingers crossed. That means we're going to see the William name slowly start to creep back up the grid. Yeah. So I think it's good news. Um, but hopefully also incentivizes Mercedes to stick around in the sport for, for quite a bit longer, even as a part supplier. Because yeah. all, all these teams now are just buying all the Mercedes all parts. All the Mercedes parts. <laughs> made, totally makes sense. Uh, and if we're talking about F1 briefly and Mercedes, uh, Lewis Hamilton is unemployed. Still doesn't have a contract. <laughs> oh, he's genius, isn't it? I wondered, I was thinking about this. Maybe he just won't like, I mean, he will sign one. But if I was him, I'd kind of be like, eh. But you'd want the money. I'm assuming he's asking for like 100 mil for the season. And Mercedes is like, oh, no, no, no. Well, 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 we got, uh, I mean, I've I've heard muted 40 and, and stuff like that. But maybe Mercedes as, as, a, as a company, I mean, he's worth his weight in gold, in my opinion. But um, 40 million quid for a 36-year-old, mate, is a, is a few quid. It's going to win you the championship, though, isn't he? And the, the, the problem being, now, we're going to get on the Bottas hate train here. Everyone would say, oh, well, it doesn't matter. Put, put anyone in there. Put Russell in there. Put Bottas. He'll still win the championship. But if you look at Bottas's performance this year, Verstappen nearly beat... I oh, know, did he beat him to second? No, he nearly beat him to second. Yeah. I mean, that means that Bottas could have lost the championship. If Hamilton wasn't there, Bottas could have lost the championship to Verstappen. Yeah. So it's not a given, whilst Hamilton was 100 or 150 points ahead. So, But let's not forget as well, that Red Bull, that is a good car. That's a very Red good Bull. car. Yeah, you yeah, can't, yeah. like, I know that they say that the Mercedes is the best car, but it, how much better is it? Do you know well, what I mean? It's still a very good car, that Red Bull car. It's a very good car. So so I think Mercedes are going to want him. It's too much brand power, and also it would be too much of a shock. That, He's going to be in the car this coming year. Of course. Year. That's a guaranteed. The question is, I guess, the terms moving forward. And is does he want an option to bow out before 2022? Is he going for that eighth championship and then he's out? Like, who knows? Um, but it does seem bizarre that we are weeks, actually, away. Well, now probably months, because I think Australia is getting postponed from the start of the season. And yeah, Lewis Hamilton, Mercedes do not have a second driver <laughs> alongside Bottas. I mean, I'm available. Insane, right? <laughs> um, uh, Aston Martin have now announced a new title sponsor. So I don't think we're going to see a pink, green, liveried Aston Martin. Oh. Um, their BWT seem to be gone, which maybe another team will come along and snap them up. If I was Williams, I'd be getting on the blower to BWT straight away and saying, hey, hi. <laughs> um, but yeah, Koizenjant or something like that, some uh, IT. Sound. It's good it, it, to have a headline sponsor for your first year as a new manufacturer. I think I think it's exciting. So good news. I'm Very good. Can't wait to see that livery. Now, the big news on social media this week was the launch or the reveal of the singer ACS. That is that the uh, the off road thing? Yes. Okay, fine. Right up your street. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Not up your street at all. But apparently, up the entire internet street. I mean, this was worse than the Gordon Murray car. I mean, it's viral nature. People were sharing it. I don't think they even knew why they were sharing no. it. They were just like, were compelled to share it and say it was amazing. 
it is kind of amazing. So Singer, everyone knows, reimagined Porsche 911s. They sort of were the first to really put resto modding kind of, you know, I wouldn't say on the map because lots of companies like Eagle have been doing it for a while. But but yeah, Singer just made it cool. They were the iPhone or the Apple of the resto mod world. Everything they touch is gold, apparently. Uh, and this car came along because apparently one of their longest and biggest customers said that he wanted a car that could compete in off-road sort of competitions. And so it's called the, I think it's called the all-road competition study or all-terrain competition study. No idea. It's essentially a concept, but the owner has said that he's happy for anyone else to choose that car. It's it's the same single formula, format or formula of a 964 donor car completely ripped apart and rebuilt. And I think it's a twin turbo 3.6 litre, I think, around 450 horsepower, super lightweight, but most impressively riding on insanely high suspension and ready to take on the Baja or the Dakar rally or whatever it might be. Uh, and most impressively from my side, uh, built in conjunction with Tuttle's, who I went along to some point last year. And are just amazing. I mean, if you want to go and Porsche nerd out, uh, <laughs> Richard Tuttle, the guy, runs the whole thing. I mean, mad genius. I mean, hilarious. I'm one of the proper characters uh, and sort of like a crazy madman, but brilliant. And uh, the fact that he's had his hands on it kind of cements that, you know, it's going to be really, really good. He's the king of rallying 911s. But yeah, my, my issue sort of, not my issue, I sort of applaud the fact that Singer somehow managed to get that car everywhere. But it did have that kind of sniff of people were just applauding it because it kind of made sense on Instagram? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It, it's, yeah. Well, the only thing is, mate, you only need to get a couple of people of some influence power to s- send it, and then everyone jumps on the bandwagon. I remember... They don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think Chris Howe said it when I appeared on the Collecting Cars podcast of him and a few journo mates sat well, down and I said... Why on that then? Mate, <laughs> you are never going to... Could you imagine... I mean, you'd be kicked off immediately. They'd stop recording halfway through. If I'm tempted to kick you off our podcast. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, him and a few gentlemen like dreamt up the, the ultimate viral video. And it was like, get a couple of Love Island stars, a couple of them in bikinis, in a Lamborghini, spitting flames, Liberty Walk, doing a drag race against a, a Tesla. Like, you know, and it was like, yeah, yes, yeah. that will just fly. And... There's a few cars which is like that on Instagram at the moment. And, and we went in on the Gordon Murray car and this Singer car, it is brilliant. I would love to have a go. I think it will be amazing. I'm sure it'll be spot on. But it was almost like it was built for Instagram. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, if we sat here and said, let's build a car that will get likes, it would be green with tan, some kind of, you know, ra- like a rally for art. If we could build a rally 488 or a rally 812 Superfast green with tan, Viral. I, on the subject of 812 Superfast. Oh, you've bought one and you're going to make no, it into no, a rally no, but, spec? But, but um, <laughs> I've, I've really been attracted to them in the last... No way. Yeah, mate, honestly, like, I just keep looking at them. Like, well, I don't blame you. They're, 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 they've sort of come to the come to the fore for me. Like, What are they doing value-wise? Uh, not very good. <laughs> <laughs> but that's good for you. Yeah, they're like, uh, like 220. So what a car! Hundred grand on the list. Whoa. Retail. I mean, that is an unbelievable car. Yeah, it really is. Um, yeah, I mean, you couldn't go wrong. I mean, are you tempted, or you're just saying because you just like looking at them? No, no, no. As in, I just you know, it's in my mind. As Ooh. in, <laughs> I'm not going to buy anything at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> the world's going to beep. Correct. Yeah. Um, well, I agree. Eh? Eight Tossy Fords, amazing. The other Ferrari that seems to be coming to the fore at the moment, Challenge Stradales. In the last week, like three of them have come up for sale and everyone keeps tagging me on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I saw the one at DK Engineering. Oh, everyone lovely, went yeah. And uh, uh, a friend of mine ordered one of them new. With the Lexicon windows? Well, he wanted it with the windows uh. and they wouldn't let him order it with <laughs> the windows because most of them were European cars. Yeah. There are a couple of UK cars like it. But most of them are European. I think there's cars. only two UK cars with the Lexan, and they're worth so much more than the normal car. Uh, it is mega. The, the DK Engineering car we're talking about is a white car with a red interior, only about two thousand kilometers on the clock, which, yeah. is, which is a shame. But looks stunning, and yeah, it's got the Lexan windows, which is just super, super cool, racing inspired, um, even more lightweight. <laughs> the collecting cars car isn't that special. It's a left-hand drive. Very nice. I think it's Rosso Scuderia, no stripe. Lovely. 
not the greatest service history. Those cars, you really need to service them every year, even if you're not putting oh, any I miles on. So, yeah. And it missed like four or five years uh, mm. without a service. So anyway, gone, Has it gone through yet? No. It's, no, it literally went live yesterday and it was already up to like 50 grand after 10 okay, minutes. But I, I'm going to watch that with like a, like a hawk. And I kind of want to call Magnitude Finance because I'm never going to sell my modern, I don't think. But um, I would be intrigued to see what the finance on a Chantrelli is these days, given residual values. What mileage is that collecting car one? 26,000. It's a left-hand drive. Would you like to... Would you like to predict what it would make? What it will sell for? That's, that's what I mean, yes. I reckon... I already know. I reckon 115. Oh, you're not far off. 150. Yeah. Good job. No, mate, Challenge for Dali. I don't know anything else, but I know Challenge for Dali. Because the, the Ferrari market is weak at the moment. Very weak. There's a, I say there's a handful of Challenge for Dali's floating around at the moment. That's not the best example ever. It's on an auction site. The one, the famously cheap one that was floating around two years ago was more miles i think a little bit more miles thirty thousand miles and it was hr owned for 120 and it couldn't no one could get rid of it mm. 129 or something like that. Mm. so yeah once you've done fees so you had 115 115 i had 110 in my head 110 it'll be very interesting to see mm. i'm super intrigued so it's not the best car i mean and at that price point i mean that that unfortunately that's kind of right i don't think that's a massive bargain i'm sure a lot of people are gonna be going, go off go for it sam i don't think that's I think that's kind of where they're at at the moment yeah. for a left-hand drive, relatively high mileage, not the best history ever. Yeah, because it's impo- that, that that is really important mm. if they've got proper history. If they've got if it's a proper history car with UK car, it's through the roof in oh, terms of still the know. values that right-hand drive cars are still I think 50 60 grand over that, you know. Correct. You're still looking at 170 180 for a good right-hand drive Correct. UK car. Um and yes, especially I think that even that white DK car will probably be over 150 because it's very low so. mileage and very well looked so. after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're backing up at Chantrenalis here. But yeah, but my, my point was, this is my favourite episode ever. Uh, <laughs> oh my I, God. I, I wanted to ask Magnitude what the residual, because obviously residuals have taken a bit of a hit given Corona. Finance companies aren't literally, you know, just giving out money willy-nilly here mm. and there on great rates. Mm. But is there a theory that the monthly payments might not be too different from my current car because I mean it depends how much money I'm putting into the Challenge for Dali this supposed Challenge for Dali deal but do you see what I mean? No because because a Challenge for Dali even a left hand drive car yeah. will be I'm I'm not going to tell people what you paid for your car but will be 40 odd grand more than your car so you're still borrowing more money but you, you yes what I mean that you're not, you're I was not. almost going to reveal too much about my personal finances, but um, what I was saying is, let's pretend there was this bizarre world where I sold the Moderna, took the cash, put that cash into the... So borrowed similar amounts, basically. If I was okay, borrowing fine. a similar amount, the residual... It should be more. Yeah. Correct. So then the money, the monthly... I'm, only talking, I'm not going to do it because it doesn't make sense and I don't want that car and blah, blah, no, blah. No, 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 no. But I think the monthlies could end up shaking out a little bit different. If you I think borrowed I, a similar amount of money, yeah. yes. Yeah, okay. Man maths. <laughs> I'm not buying that challenge style people, by the way, even though it sounded like I was trying to talk myself into it. Um, so yeah, sing at ACS, going back to our point. Very cool. Um, I, I I would love to have a go in one. I think we will see more. I'm sure some people called up singing and said, order some. Actually, the original guy bought two. How much are they? Oh, millions, I think. Millions? I, I reckon millions. Because th- wasn't the DLS a million? No idea. I think the, the DLS was a lot. I think one point something Millions? Million. I reckon at least 1.5. I reckon. That or a laugh. Are you joking? <laughs> I'm no. unconfirmed, but I... What? No way. <laughs> no way as you don't believe it or no way as in like they're idiots? No, no, they're not idiots, obviously, but, but well, someone's bought one. Bought so, two. Yeah, well, he's bought two. Good Congratulations. Um, no, I'd, I'd, if I had a choice, I'd have a laugh if they're that money. Yeah, of course. Wouldn't we all? Um, so, well, coming on to prices and the fact that Chantradales seem to be for sale everywhere, let's talk about our main topic for today, which is the selling of cars. Because a while ago, back in, I think, season one of Behind the Glass, we talked about how to buy a car. 
and sought a lot of advice from you, Tony. Of, you know, what's the best practices for going and buying a car? But uh, someone on Patreon, Noah Mystery, actually, one of our patrons. Thank you, Noah. Hello. Suggested this is a topic after last night I suddenly panicked and thought, God, nothing's been happening in the car world. What are we going to talk about? Patrons, help me out. And they all came running to the rescue, which was brilliant. And I'm going to have to go back to some comments. Um, but no, I thought this was a particularly good suggestion. So we're going to pick up on it. Yeah. How, what's the best practices for selling a car? Um, now, I'm going to let you kind of monologue a bit or freestyle a bit. Uh, and then I want to jump in from my experiences in terms of financing. But let's talk about as a private privateer. So on finance or not on finance? Not on finance to begin with. Right, okay. So what would you advise someone to do if they had a 30 grand or, you know, let's say what, a used Golf R or a Mercedes A35 or whatever? What What's their... So now with the world, the way the world is, there's so many different ways that you can price and value a car now. More than ever. You know, you've got uh, We Buy Any Car and, and, and you know, you've got different valuation services. Obviously, the main dealers, independent dealers. Um, you can have a go at selling it privately if you want. Good luck with that. But especially at that price point, you know, because there's so many hoops you've got to jump through as a private person trying to sell a 30 grand car from your drive, i.e., Warranty, part exchange, finance. Um, if someone's got a car on finance of 30 grand, no one's going to buy it from you because who settles the finance? And it just gets really messy. Do you know what I mean? So uh, n- private for me is is not really a thing. And, and actually as well, we get people call up sometimes and say, oh, I'll try and get a little bit more money privately. But actually when you weigh it up, the margins in cars now really aren't what you think they are. So you can't sell a car for the same money as me, essentially. You're a private individual. You can't sell a car at the same value as a dealer because you don't offer them services. So you have to be cheaper. So at that point, the part exchange value and the price that you can put it up for for sale, don't forget you haven't sold it. You've only put it up for sale. You've got to sell it first. Good luck with that as well. And... Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It's not normally a, a big difference. And for the hassle and the messing around, and then normally people always have this perception that, oh, if a car is private, it's cheaper. Like they'll, they'll let it go for less because, you know, a dealer's always more strict on their margins. They're on more strict with their, their price because the margins are nowhere near what you'd expect to be. So... Um. Uh, yeah, private for me is out the window for that reason. Okay, makes your life harder. Yeah, and I, and and at the end of it, you've only at that point you've only put it out for sale. You you haven't sold it. Yeah, yeah. it's not sold yet. So it's a little bit like sale or return, mate. 
you know, we 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 are we get a lot of people call us up and and regular customers I'm fine with because I can educate them and I talk to them on a level and they understand. But you get quite a lot of these dealers that that put you in the land of promise and they'll they'll say, yeah, I'll put it up for this and I'll get you back this and it's unrealistic. And, like, and just in layman's terms, in case somebody really doesn't know what we're talking about, so sale or return, it's literally what it does on the tin, right? You're putting up the car for sale and if it doesn't sell, you will return it. Yeah, another word for it is consignment. Consignment, of course. Yeah, so, which, go on. Yeah, which it, which which is very similar. So, um, SOR, we do do it, like I said, but it's for regular, so I do it for you and, and friends and regular customers, obviously. But, mm. What's the supposed benefit, sorry to jump in, but what's the supposed benefit to someone I know, like me, because as you say, we've done it before, but what is somebody getting potentially out of a sale or return rather than just selling the car to direct? Yeah, so with the reason why we don't do it per se is because of the value of car that we sell. And because, like I said before, we work on not very huge margins. For the money that I charge you to sell or return the car... You, you might as well take my money now because there's been so many scenarios down the years where you will have a car on sale or return will agree a figure or half agree a figure. So this is, the, the, uh, this is what I'll do. Two months down the line, the car's not sold. The customer then says, um, I really would like you to buy it from me now. And very often do we give them less money than what we'd agreed two or three months ago because the car sits and loses money mate that's just what they do they they're depreciating assets and we as dealers take calculated risks on them and that's why we have our margin and you know some people don't get that bit that you know why have you got several thousand pounds across a car and and I always explain to people and I've said this before quite often that you know you give you 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 give me 30,000 pound to buy a car and I may, I'm not sure when, or even if I can, I may give you a profit on it. I don't know when that will be. That might be a week, that might be a month, that might be two months, that might be six months. Or, if we're really unlucky, I might give you 28 grand back. That's the business. That's how it works. Of course. So when you, when you come to sell a car, that's why I don't always think that SOR, at my level is the way forward. On a supercar, it's it's a bit different. Got more to play with. Correct. The margins are a lot bigger. So, but even then, mate, like, you know, a dealer's still going to want a decent amount of money across that because they have a liability as well. So, it's not just like, when you give me a car, I happily sell it for you. And we agree a figure. But if for any reason that car comes back, it's my liability, it's not yours. I'm not mm-hmm. going to come to you and say, Oh, by the way, that Sam, that bloke wants his money back for the car. Can you give him the money? Yeah, the gearbox the fell out or whatever. Yeah. Whatever. So with the bigger cars, obviously the mar- the, the seller return margin is bigger. So seller return is a way, but I think it only really works with bigger cars, not the normal stuff. And to put some sort of actual uh, numbers on it. So for example, if somebody's coming to sell you a car and you're saying, look, that car is worth 20 grand in the trade, as in I will pay you 20 grand because... I think I can sell it for 25. And by the time I've spent a grand servicing it and polishing it up, blah, blah, blah I could make four grand on that car, hopefully. And, and so what you can say is, look, we'll put it up at sale or return at 25. And if someone buys it, I'll take my commission, which will be, you know, two grand or whatever like that. But we've also got to spend a grand doing it up anyway. So you're probably only going to get back 26. Well, that, so, and that's if we sell it. And that's if we sell it. And so sold it, yeah. so that, that's the sort of hard line to it. So, so in terms of that margin, I think where people often get lost and where I did back in the day was you'd go on Auto Trader and I'd go, oh, great, my car's worth 50 grand. Mm. I was telling them, that oh, brilliant, same mileage, same spec, 50 grand, easy. Mm. You go into a dealer and say, cool, I want to sell my car. And they say, right, we'll offer you 40. Mm. I'm like, but it's worth 50. They're like, mm. no, they're advertised at 50 and that means that they might sell for 47 and we've got to make our, more, our margin. So of course we're going to offer you. So, so that's the sort of game on a sale or return or at a dealer anyway, right? Yeah, I mean, that that example is is 
not great because we don't have a 10 grand margin in a, in a 40 grand. Sure, car. I'm bad with my figures. But yeah, but I'm just trying I mean, to put that, it into real... It's 25%. Yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to put it into real basic numbers for people because, as I say, I think, you know, a lot of the time, especially people start getting to sports cars for the first time and they're starting to operate in the world of dealing with independent specialist dealers and stuff and values and there's this kind of misconception of cars going up in value and all these different elements you can get a real nasty awakening when you, as I say, look, for example, on Autotrader at Jaguar XE Project 8 and see them sitting there at 150 grand. You go, great, my car's still worth 150. Yeah. But what you don't realise is they've been sitting there for eight months and no one's buying it. So that's what I was trying to get to is that the reason that you're going to offer a certain amount of money is what the car is worth to you or in trade, you then got to try and make some money on top of that. And by the way, as well, a car isn't worth what it's advertised for. A car is worth essentially what someone, i.e. a dealer, wants to pay for it. That's what it's worth. Okay. What it's advertised for is irrelevant. It's completely... Because that doesn't mean what they'll sell for. Again, there's lots of different stages to the market as well. And, and some of these rules are slightly different as you go up the food chain, essentially. But... Where where we are in the market, you know, we sell newer stuff as most of you know, and and our margins are less. That that makes a difference as well. By the way, if you've got a an eighteen month old car or a year old car, your margin is less than if you've got a six year old car because you've got less liability, okay. essentially. Sure. So the it's, it it is really difficult, and as well, there's another real big aspect to it, and that's supply and demand. So. If you're selling a car, for instance, today, there are dealers that will buy them, but are they really going to give you strong money for them at the moment? No, because the market's not great. People are still selling cars, but they're not selling enough. So will I buy a car from someone today? Of course, but it's got to be cheap. I'm not going to give all the Top money. Top dollar, yeah. Correct. So, and that, varies also around the country. So you'll get, um, I'll give you a good example actually, I had a very nice lad phone me up the other day that um, offered me a car, which I said, yeah, I'd like to buy it. Um, anyway, he called me back and, and said, Redline have given me two grand more for it. Fair, so I said, no problem, let them have it. I've had that vice versa as well. Okay. So that it all depends on... I know it sounds odd, but different parts of the country have like spells where they're busy and then the other part will be dead quiet. And different demand, I guess, different customer different needs demand. and wants and yeah, yeah. you know what people are going to buy in London is going to be different to what someone's going to buy in Cornwall. And, and so, yeah, yeah. It, it chops and changes. So so we've kind of poo-pooed private sales for the, for the hassle. Um, but obviously you can give it a go if you're feeling up for it. Um, I guess you don't have the hassle of having to hand your money over to anyone else if you're prepared to do the viewings and manage it all um but as you say you kind of liabilities with yourself and you risk billy bob turning up and mm. nicking your car <laughs> um, yeah sale or return obviously you run the risk of sitting on a car or a car sitting up for sale for three or four months you just don't want to get rid of it and you haven't got the money that you could have got three or four months before yeah so then let's go to the dealer level and of course without sort of you know championing <laughs> your business too much i see the side of it with the sort of benefit is if you go to dealers, you might not always be getting as much money as you potentially could get sale of return or privately, but that's if you sell the car. But what you are getting is some amount of security, as in the car is gone. And you haven't got to worry about it. Sale of return, so you've got a chance of sitting there for three months. And if we're looking at finance, which we haven't touched on yet, that's three more payments of the car when you're not using it. It's just sitting on a showroom floor. Or if you're sitting privately, again, you're just going to, you know, that hassle, you're adding mileage to it things so the dealer your car's gone it's sold yeah so there there is there is one there is one motto that i was taught very early on in when i come into the motor trade your first bid's your best bid so from my point of view when i'm selling an old part exchange or or uh, you know i've had a car in stock one day and someone tries to bid me in a little bit of amount of money less instead of holding on for the screen price take their money. Do you know what I mean? Like, like don't set, let someone take the mickey out of you. You know, if you've got a car up at 25 grand, you can't, you can't come to me and say, I'll give you 20 grand for it. It's not, it's, you know, we've paid more than that for it. And just to give you an idea of margins, 
I'm not, I'm because it does vary slightly as well because of where people get their cars from. But let's take a main dealer for instance because they're flying the flag. Independents are slightly different because they sure. they're not flying. We're the talking flag. about proper Audi, BMW, flagship proper main dealer. Because that th- that's let's be honest, that is where most people buy their cars from. So that's the, they have a huge operation. They work on two percent margin per year. Ooh. Per year, two percent. Are you joking? An independent can't work like that because their turnover is nowhere near as big and and um, they don't have the same revenue streams and they haven't got a manufacturer behind them. So they're, they're obviously their margin is bigger. But it's not 20 or 30% like you think. I mean, it's honestly, mate, it's tiny. And so therefore, if you're going down the route of you want to sell your car to a dealer... Would you suggest people try independence before Maine because you might get a better offer? Well, there's two schools of thoughts to that. If you can get a Maine dealer to buy a year-old car off you, well done. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, because they've got 300 new ones they can't sell. Okay, so they just don't, so they don't want, want the stock. Year- yeah, yeah, well, this is why independent dealers exist, mate, because there's two reasons why they exist. One, because the main dealers can't cope with the volume that would come back as well. Two, they they don't do the job as good as an independent dealer, essentially, because an independent dealer comes is someone like me. They have a passion for their business. Whereas you go and work for a company, you're just a number in a company, essentially, as a board of directors that don't have any relation to the business at all. There's no personal touch or nothing. And... and they, they, I'm just trying to figure out how I'd word it, really. <laughs> it's difficult without sort of slagging them off. Well, you say it and I'll see if I need to police it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll yeah, see how much you put your foot in it. <laughs> what Tony meant to say is... <laughs> the, 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 the managers in general, they have no care. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's a they, job. It's a job. Yeah. It, it, you know... It's different. Some of them are uh, petrol heads, of course. Some of them are, are, are passionate, but but they've got completely different uh, objectives. Yeah, they have their money at the end of the year, and 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 that's that. Then you know. And as you say, it's it's quota driven. They got people to report to. There's corporate things to presentations and oh, targets. Tar- there you go. That's the word I was looking for. Targets. So yeah, very very different. So it, it is. You know, you, we sometimes laugh and joke with you saying that cars are just lumps of cash for, you know, this is money and, and the passion yeah. drops out of it. And I think, you know, sometimes main dealers could be accused of the same. And you often see tweets about people slagging off, you know, AMG performance people or or, or Volkswagen dealers trying to sell Golf R's and the guy is, has no clue what, you know. Mm. It, but this happens, you know, these are huge corporate, you know, corporations yeah. that employ thousands of people. Not all of them are going to be absolutely passionate about the the brand and their customers. Yeah, and and as well, without being derogatory as well, if they were that good, they'd work for themselves. Because that's that's generally, and I'm not being derogatory to anyone that works in a main dealer. A lot of them are paid very well, and they're happy. Some of the some of the Porsche guys, and some of the even the Land Rover guys, not maybe not so much anymore, but. Um, Last few years, the very, very good salaries, you know. Oh, yeah. And, and as I say, some of them really passionate petrolheads. Like, they know like, their stuff. Yeah. yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah I, yeah. I didn't, we, we're not trying to make that generalization and, and definitely not trying to slag anyone off. But I think what the point you're trying to make, like with anyone, an independent burger joint, the people are going to have very different aspirations and mentalities towards their customers and the business than McDonald's employees. It's going to be the case. There's always going to be amazing, hardworking, passionate people in McDonald's. Mm. But if it's your own business, and you started up, so it's just different. It's just a totally different mentality. Yeah, That's all well, it is. If you use the restaurant industry as an example, some of the the best restaurants in the world are one man band, tiny little restaurants down tiny little alleys that you would never ever have had food like it. Instead of going to a chain like Pizza Express, that. correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah just yeah, yeah. just it's totally the same different. Thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, it, always the way. Smaller independents are always going to have a different way to yeah do the product and and the way they run their business. Okay, so. We've kind of approached the fact that there are these different ways. Now, I want to come back to private selling because I know you kind of uh, poo-pooed it for a second, but there is, I guess, a, a fourth way, which is online these days. You mentioned We Buy Any Car as a place to sort of get a rough value, but it is also a way to actually sell a car 
as well as eBay or Facebook Marketplace yeah. or wherever it might be. And so you, you, in terms of getting that value, because I think that's the first question, isn't it? How much is my car worth? You know, like, and so we buy any car, if, if it's saying to you it's worth 20 grand and you call up an independent and they're going to say, oh, well, we'll give you 22 for it. I mean... Well, recently, especially over the last year or so, we've had a lot of instance where we buy any car have offered more money than for the car than we have. That's what I was trying to, that's what I meant to say is, is, yeah. is how, you know, how good are they? You know, those kind of services. Cause I remember back in the day, they were always five or six terrible. grand less than you could get anywhere else. But, but nowadays are they competitive? Is it, is it a good option for somebody if looking to, they are very, listen, the same with anything. The biggest advice I can give you is first of all, call me up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk you out of a business here. Because, because uh, <laughs> honestly, we we uh, as a uh, as a business, we do give good money for cars, for nice cars with 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 proper history and and nice backgrounds and original stuff. We do give good money from gravelcarsales.co.uk. Like, yeah, yeah. There we go. Well, thank you. Sure. Good at this. <laughs> and and as do most of my peers, most of the good independent dealers for nice, real good cars. And don't forget, guys, we all work off the same valuation system right across the board. The difference between main dealers and us, going back to main dealers and independents, is that their overheads are huge compared to us. So you have some independent dealers now that have got ridiculous overheads and fair play to them. But the the manufacturer overheads are through the roof. Sure. So they... They normally ask more money for a car than what an independent dealer is dealer does for that reason because you have the backing of the flag and and the manufacturer behind you, um, but they don't always have a better service. We've already said that, um, and they don't always give more money for them either. So they just want more margin, sure, because their overheads are more. Of course, they need to cover more. Yeah, they need to cover yeah, more, yeah. and that's what business is all about, obviously. And then we go back to it. Some of them are really derogatory towards your car because they've got another 30 out the back, brand new ones that they cannot <laughs> yeah, sell. Of course. So they, and as well, then you go to the finance bit, which we're going to touch on, that we know that if you buy a, a new car on finance, it's often the same or a little bit cheaper because of balloon payments and residual values than it is to buy a year old one. That's exactly, so it, yeah. Which is mad. What, it's more attractive to somebody to buy a new one. Yeah. But that's why, until you want to come out, we'll probably talk about that in a minute. Yeah. But that's why um, main dealers don't want your used car for that reason because they want to sell new ones. That's how they're targeted. That's how they're paid. That's how they have their big bonuses. An independent dealer doesn't work like that. They have to have a margin for that reason. So if you're doing a bit of research and you're trying to weigh up your options, because, you know, as I say, there's a few different ways we've talked about going about it in terms of just selling the car outright. Uh, You know, if you... We Buy Any Car, is an example, is a good place to get a value for your car, as would be calling up an independent. Just to say, look, I'm thinking of some car, how, how much do you think it's worth? As a start for 10, because then you can kind of weigh up what your options might be. Yeah, so certainly with where I am in the market, you know, the 20 to 50 grand, I know I do more expensive cars and I do have some cheaper cars, but predominantly I'm at the 20 to 50 grand mark. The We Buy Any Car figures will be similar to me. Okay. Uh, you know, and there will be odd cars that, will be, they'll give you more or I'll give you more. You know, it's not a, a, a definite sure. line in the sand that, yeah, we're exactly the same. But it's a good rough guide. It's a very good guide now, We Buy Any Car. I hope we're going to pay it. They're going to give us some money. I was going to say, we really, we really need to get that brand campaign going for We Buy Any Car. I'll yeah. drop them an email after this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are other price comparison or, or, or car buying There are, yeah. Websites. Uh, Evans, Howshaw. There's loads of them, mate. Thank There's you. millions of them. There we go. Now we're nice and balanced. Uh, <laughs> okay, so let's touch on, so so that's the, the meat on the bones. Let's just touch on some of the peripherals. So uh, firstly, if we're coming into part exchange, yes. uh, traditionally... Uh, would you give a different value if you're doing part X or that's going to still be, you know, are you expecting to get the same kind of money if you sell it? As, do you see what I'm trying to say? Okay. As so, an independent or go on. I, I know exactly what you're trying to say. So in general, you should get more money for a part exchange than, than a straight buy, essentially, because a dealer has two cars to split the the profit with to okay. split the difference. So we certainly, we will always give more money for a part exchange. One, because you're replacing the duplicate stock. And then there's an amount of money between the two cars that we can kind of split. 
if we've only got one car coming in, we can't do that. Okay. So um, there's more to play with. So theoretically, if you're a seller, if you're a seller, you might be able to get a bit more money if you look at a part X. Part exchange. But and then as well, like unless you're doing, I want to part X my seventy grand car for a thirty grand car. Correct. Which is where we come in. Which is where we're really competitive because it's what we do. In general, people that sell twenty grand cars. It's their limit. It's what they sell. So they won't want a 60 or a 70 grand car in part exchange. We've done so many deals. I can give you a really good example. Literally the day before yesterday, we sold a seven grand smart car and took it was a, it was a yeah, part amazing. exchange. Love it. Yeah. And we took in a, a 20,000 um, pound pickup truck, a Ford Ranger pickup truck. Brilliant. So you'll get. At that level, you'll get dealers that sell six or seven grand cars. Their max value is like up to ten. Sure. So they wouldn't. They don't they, want the pickup. They don't know the value yeah, of it. Okay. They don't. But but with us, especially us and, and some of the other independent dealers, it's what they do. A lot of people, a lot of dealers don't like going down. They'll only go up. But well, we don't mind either way. Okay. And the reason I was asking so much about how to get a value is obviously, yeah, finance, which is the big other thing uh, that we've talked about. And we did do a, a, a finance special with Magnitude uh, back in the day, uh, which you should definitely go and check out because we really talked talk with Tim about, you know, the sort of uh, possible pitfalls when it comes to sell and, and getting out of finance agreement, agreements. Obviously, main dealer PCP deals are essentially built so that you just go back to the dealer and hand the car back and either roll that into a new car or, or, or walk away. But if you've got independent finance or, or something separately and you're coming to sell, that value is going to be so important to you because of your your um, settlement figure. For sure. So it's you know that's going to be your starter for 10 because if you owe the bank 60 grand and you call up Tony and he says, oh, mate, I can offer you 55 you're already in trouble. Mm. And at that point, you're probably going to have to try and sell it privately to clear the finance settlement. But don't forget, every month it's up for sale, you're still paying it off. Yeah. So this is, what, this is where I was thinking before we start to talk, is that sometimes, like you said, the first offer or the first bit is the best one because if Tony says, oh, I'll offer you 55, and you go, oh, I've got to clear 60... And then you sit there for another five months trying to sell your car at 60. You're paying that five grand maybe in finance payments if it's a grand a month. And then he's going to call up Tony and say, oh, look, I just want to get rid of it. And Tony's going to offer you 50 and you've got to pay another five grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could have just got rid of it, you know. Five months ago. Five months ago. Yeah, so yeah. It, it gets very complicated selling with finance, which is why it's important to partner up or, or to deal with specialists like Magnitude or DSG that can give you this advice and safeguard you on the way out. And when main dealers are talking about PCP and saying, oh, you know that, you should have about a grand or two grand when you come to like really look at those figures because often you go back and they say, oh, sorry, sir, there's no value in your car anymore. Well, there's two, there's two, there's two ways to do it. You can, um, you can get finance from a main dealer mm -hmm. or you can have finance from a, a broker or an independent, a brand new car I'm talking about. What we see as a dealership is anyone that has finance on a new car unless they go full term, three years, four years, whatever, they're always in negative equity yeah. because that's how the manufacturer builds it because what they want you to do is they want you to keep the car for four years. Even at the end of them four years, the balloon payment is inflated because they want you to go back to this. It's a little bit naughty, really. It's isn't very it? naughty. And it, and it should be... Um, I, I know that um, Mercedes, the manufacturer, were investigated about putting ridiculous balloons on their car because a PCP should give you three options. Should give you part exchange, sell it, give it back. With what Mercedes were doing, and I'm sure not just Mercedes, I'm sure some of the others, takes the part exchange element out unless you're going to them solely. You know, so if you're going to an Audi dealer or you're coming to me or you're going to Land Rover or you're going anywhere, the figure of what the car's actually worth they um, always say it's exactly what the what the what your settlement is. There's yeah. never any or actually it's or worth more. a little bit less. But we'll yeah. we well, don't worry about it. We'll clear it out. Yeah. And, and and yeah, that is naughty. And I think the key thing that I learned there is always to ask when you're looking at these deals, when your kind of your break even moment will be, or when your when your seesaw moment will be in that deal. So if they're looking at a 36 month deal, you want to say, okay, right, at what point, you know, will I have paid off more than the cars? They don't know that. 
They don't, but but sometimes you can try and work it out yourself. If good you, luck. Good luck with it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So maybe I need to, <laughs> guys. I figured out how to. <laughs> Tony's just told me I'm completely mad. Do you know? I disagree there though, because surely, and now this is going to be real man mad. <laughs> surely you can try and base a point where your payments are gonna. Well, yeah, okay, you're right, because you can't What's track the, the future value of the car. You, you that's an guess. uncertainty. You, you can, can guess. guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can guess in three years' time what the car's going to be worth mm. and how much your monthly payments are on your interest. You can kind of see a swing point. But, My but argument... As a, as, a pun- as a punter, you cannot guess because you don't have the... The resource, the insights. Correct. But that's where, for example, Magnitude always saved me a couple of times because I end up paying a little bit more per month to safeguard myself on the way out which, you know, PCP does don't always offer you. Mm. But essentially, you're right. I mean, uh, okay, you totally pooped. So I need to sell that X3 now. Um, but it, in the sense where, yes, uh, you've got to be really careful when you get these deals that you know exactly what you're signing up to. Deposit's a big thing as well. So again, we get people coming to us where they want to sell their car and they've bought this brand new car at 50 grand or whatever they bought and they didn't put any deposit in. I mean, that is the absolute kiss of death. Because that's your safety buffer? Well, what it is, if you say say you buy a 50 grand car and you put five grand in, for instance. The five grand's gone, by the way. You've not got that. But you are... The, 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 these monthly payments on these PCPs, quite often, with the German stuff especially... No, 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 all of them. Not just the German stuff, actually, all of them. The monthly payment doesn't cover the depreciation of the car. The, the depreciation of the car is more than the monthly payment. So what you're doing every month, if if you put a big deposit in, you're just chipping away at that deposit. That's half covering it. Um, or if you're not putting a deposit in, you're back to front, yeah. which is very common. Um, that They are... Next year, there's going to be a huge... Uh, no, no, this year. Sorry. 2021. 20, we are in 2021. We're here. There's going to be a huge shake-up by the FCA on APRs and how dealers sell finance. Basically, everyone's going to be offered the same rate. There's no going to, not going to be any up and downs. It, sure. it, one, a dealer has to pick a rate, and that's it. That's it, flat blanket. Flat, that's the rate that you offer everyone. We've ended up talking about how to buy a car rather than how to sell. So, so stepping away from manufacturer main dealer PCPs, uh, if you are in a finance agreement, you've been on We Buying a Car, you've or called up Tony, and you've got a value for your car. You know, what, what are your? Are there any other options? Like, what what's your best sort of advice there for someone who might be in a finance and might be a negative equity or might have a bit to play with? Just get rid of, just get out as quickly as you can, or bide your time. Well, it all depends how much you want to sell it for a start. You know, we get again. We I can only go on personal experience, but we get people. Tentative, tentatively looking at whether they want to sell their car or not. You know, they don't really want to pay the monthly payment. They don't really want to sell it either. You know, that's what I always say to people. Would you want to sell it? Well, I just want to know how much it's worth. Mm. Well, go and we buy any car then. Yeah, I'm okay. not a valuation service. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you're a dealership. I, 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 I bid to buy the car. If the car's available to buy, and as well, like we, we get people call up say, oh, I might be looking to sell my car in four or five months. Well, there's no point valuing it now because the, everything changes in four or five months. We don't know where we're going to be in four or five months, especially now. Yeah, bloody hell. So, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's very difficult. And I know the consumer, because ultimately you guys half, you don't all, but you half dictate the value because of your habits of buying. You know, you half drive the market, essentially, because supply and demand. So... Um, in tougher times, cars go down. In good times, they go back up. Of course. That's how it works. Yeah. No, I'm, it totally makes sense. I think, you know, the finance thing is always complicated. Maybe we need to get uh, Tim or Magnitude back on, have a, have a bit more of a chat of that, of, you know, uh, especially these days, you know, how, how to safeguard yourself, what to, to be aware of when it comes to, to selling specifically. Um, but it's always going to complicate things for, for any individual. But mm. I guess the advice is kind of the same of, of your sort of start of a tenure, your, your where do you begin, which is to probably call up an independent and, and get a good value or get a good chat yeah. and see if they're willing to buy the car. And and just be aware of if you're going to try and sell it privately or sale or return, you do still have to keep making those monthly payments. And what if it takes a long time to sell, which it could, are you better to just take the money and, and get out now? Yeah, yeah. It's a famous question that people ask me as well. How long do you think it's going to sell? 
I mean, honestly, if I knew that, yeah, you'd be much I richer. I would be the richest man. You'd be in turning the world. up in a GT2 RS. Oh, yeah. Honestly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> every week, every week. <laughs> well, I think I think we've done all right there. I mean, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on? Any other kind of basically, points? don't buy a new car. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. Like, like, unless honestly, buy a new car. I'm not saying don't buy a new car because it makes the world go round. And I want people to buy new cars because that's where used cars come from. By of the course. Way. But what I'm saying is, is if you're if you're going to buy a new car, you always have to think of your exit strategy. Always, because if 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 you're buying a new car with the anticipation that you are going to keep it for the term, fine, go and buy a new one. If you're like us and you change cars every ten minutes, do not buy a new one unless you've got deep pockets because, you, because you're paying for the privilege to buy a new car. Sure. There is another thing that people forget, a real big thing that people forget in values of cars, especially new ones, the VAT. Mm. Now, we don't pay that. We do pay it, but it's in the price of the car. It's not like a commercial where, where it's plus. It's in the price of the car. But you lose it as soon as you leave. It's 20%. Sure. Yeah, roll off the forecourt, gone. Gone, yeah. in general. So you're 20% back to front straight away. But I've always dreamed of specking a Ferrari <laughs> Roma at the factory. And <laughs> Why is that? Picked anything. Picked a Roma. He's not even like touchscreen, is what it is. Oh, I know, but I still want that car. <laughs> <laughs> but the point being that, you know. Yes, we can sit here so don't buy a new car, but there is something special about ordering your own car and your own spec and picking up a brand new car. Like, I think that is still goals and, I, and I, it's a goal I set for myself to be able to, I still have never ordered a car from factory and have it turn up. So You've had new cars though. I've had new cars, yeah, but it's still not the same. It's still not the same. Going no, through no, that, no. ordering it, specking it, it turn up, it's yours. Like, you know, so uh, I, I still applaud that. And I say that that's what gives you stock eventually down the road. So I don't want to completely advise people, but I think it's just, just have a, uh, think through the potential pitfalls of buying, selling, financing, all these different elements. And Tony's right. Think of the exit point and, and where might you be in 12, 18, 24, 36 You're months. always in less trouble with a used car because the depreciations come out of the car. And don't forget, on a finance agreement especially, that's what you're paying. Yeah. You're, you're paying the depreciation. depreciation. Exactly. It's less on a used car. Twiggy's woken up, so <laughs> I'm going to take that as our cue to round things up before she pees on my lap. She's been rather good, rather spoiled, I have to She's say. She's weed on. She literally <laughs> cried and barked until I picked her up, put her on my lap, and then she fell asleep for an hour, so... Yeah, she's, she's been an hour. She's been an hour. No. Yeah. Anyway, guys, we hope you've been oh, guys and girls because we do have a good female demographic. It's growing, Tony. It's you. I'm buttoning your jacket. It, they just keep it, tuning no, no, no. in. Uh, is it like three percent or something? I'm not going to go into the exact numbers. Yes, it is, really. <laughs> but it's growing. That's what we have to know. So, ladies, welcome. <laughs> it's basically Vicky and his mum. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we hope you've enjoyed today's episode. If you want to find out anything more about this kind of topic, we have done a few conversations, a few specials on this podcast before. So go back, as I say, definitely check out the finance special with magnitude uh, if you want to follow Tony's gravel with Tony gravel car sales on Instagram also head over to gravelwoodcarsales.co.uk got it Very at good. the end uh, and if you want to follow me of course I'm seen through glass pretty much everywhere these days we will catch up with you soon adios bye bye want flexibility take yoga want flexibility with your health insurance check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company they offer flexible budget friendly medical dental and vision coverage that may be right for you more at uh1.com here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. <laughs>